Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Jay, we back. We back. And guess what happens in this version? This is chapter three, y'all. And guess what? We went through chapter one. Chapter one, God was creating the earth. Just creating the moon, the stars, the fields, the trees. Chapter two, he created Adam and Eve. And in chapter three, and what most know to be the fall of man, and when Adam and Eve finally get kicked on out the garden, they get in the foot here. They are out of there. But before we really get into it, guys, let me check in and make sure the audio's sounding good and hopefully everything is going on. I'm going to check in with my baby here. Babe, are you there? I'm here. How am I sounding? You sound good. Okay, great, great, great. All right, so everything, you can hear me clearly. Does it sound like a lot of background or echo or anything? Mm, no, it doesn't sound like a lot of background. You sound good. Great. All right, thank you, babe. Let me get into this thing. Let me get in here. All right. All right, bye-bye. That's the love of my life, everyone. Um, you know, she's the one who bought me all this stuff for equipment for uh, Christmas. I have a mixer, microphone, uh, camera. You know, that rib we talked about, that rib Eve was made of. You know, and before we get into it tonight, in in, in um, part two of this In the Beginning series that I'm doing, part two was called Women Are a Special Creation. 
Now, we found that out because women, unlike any other creature, animal, or man on earth, women were created from the rib of man, were as man and the animals on earth were created from dust. A lot of accolade, a lot of high praise for woman. God was happy to give Adam woman as a gift. And Adam was happy to receive his gift. But here, chapter three. Oh, boy. Does that Eve really start to screw things up, man? And uh, But I do have a caveat for that. Now, look, I can prelude because we all know what chapter three is about. Chapter three is going to talk about how Eve bites the apple. But guess what, guys? I got a bit of a narrative that says we Eve has been scapegoated all this time. You know, Eve, Eve has taken the blame, but maybe she's not fully to blame, but we'll get into all of that. But yes, we're here, back. It's 2020, and I'll do the same joke my man Juan did. I talked to you guys last year. <laughs> hard, 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 hard. Uh, where's my Kawhi lap? And then, you know that definitely deserves Kawhi when you do that job. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, man. But um, we back. We were rejuvenated. We're galvanized. We're um, you know, we're just feeling ready for to take this course. Uh, 2019, in and out, in and out for me personally. Um. But definitely a, a, a mark. A mark is left in 2019, and me and my man's talked about it being the renaissance. But uh, this is when the wildest flock came into fruition. And uh, that's, that's what you're listening here to, guys. This is the Wildest Flock Podcast Network. Yes, a network. You know how many shows we got under the banner, man? Five, six, seven, eight. What did LeBron say? Not one, not two, not three. But um, no, man, let's just go down the list and let me give you guys the lineup, man. We we we, we really win it. Um, of course, you have myself here. I'm doing page one Bible study. What that's about is for learners. I'm a learner. That's why I'm doing my series starting in the beginning. I want to know what really happened with Adam and Eve. I want to pull back the covers. I want to pull back the curtain. I want to comb the lines. And that's what we've been doing here on page one Bible study, and we're going to go deeper, deep, deep. Um, then we have Mary Couples Anonymous with my man Juan, my sister, Nisha, and they just bringing it to the everyday life of being married and Christian life, man. No cap, no gas, and we just keeping it a buck. Uh, Stickterity, that's with Nisha and Brittany. They hold that down, man, giving you a woman's perspective of this thing. Well needed, much needed. Um we have Sunday service, um, and then we have other things in the making. We have uh, a, a well-produced, the best-produced show on the network. The kid, King, Israel Benjamin, things your pastor won't tell you. Now, get into that. You, If you want to pique your curiosity to some things you might never have thought about and some things definitely your pastor won't tell you, Check out my man, Israel Benjamin. I like to call him Israel Benjamin. But check out Things Your Pastor Won't Tell You. Fantastic show, man. And um, I'm sure you won't get enough of it, and you'll be checking back for it. But today, we're here on the page one Bible study, man, and we're going to take a deep dive into this chapter three of Genesis. Now, before I even start digging in this thing, 
I want to give a disclaimer. Look, I'm a learner. And this is a this is a, a meaty part of the Bible. And some would some would argue that this is the main part. This is the fall of man, guys. This is when sin comes into the world. Disobedience. You know, this is when it all is going down. It all goes down here. And um, you know, and it's it's a lot to chew on, there's a lot to decipher, and there's a lot of interaction that happens. So I'm going to give it my best go. And that said, I definitely want to um, pray. Let me uh, say a prayer here to make sure, man, and, and I'm hoping that the things that I've received become a, uh, a benefit to you out there. Uh, Holy Father, Heavenly Father, please let these um, this information I receive, Lord, and what I'm going to pass along to my brothers and my sisters out there, let it be nourishment for their lives. Let them be able to digest and apply it to their lives, Lord. And um, even if I'm off base on some things, Lord, let it come back around for me to be corrected, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. And um, let's just dive right into it, huh? What do you say, guys? So look, we're in the chapter three, and we all know what happens there. But let's get into King James. Let's get into the King James version. Now, the first thing we're going to be evaluating in chapter three and I, and I almost wanted to title it, and it is the fall of man, but I almost wanted to title it The Master Deception of the Serpent, the Devil. Oh, man, we're really going to break down what he did in this thing. Spitting game. I'm talking about spitting game. And that's what he did. And, and if y'all don't mind, if y'all don't mind, I'm going to actually preach a little bit today. I'm going to preach some. And for my man, Juan, my brother out there, man, look, if you don't mind, if I preach, I know you're the, the resident preacher here. But there's some things that uh, the Lord has blessed me with, and, and I feel like preaching a little bit today. But, hey, let me introduce my help for the day. Since I'm going to be preaching, what's a preacher? You know, what's a preacher? Now, I've always fancied, you know, dang, if I, 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 I want to be able to recite scripture. Well, well, Deuteronomy 14.5 says I wanted to be able to do that kind of stuff, and I'm working on it. But you know what the, 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 the epitome, you know what the, the mountaintop, the climax, the, you know, what the top of the mountain is in a preaching game, to me at least, speaking in tongues. And since I'm preaching today, and I surely can't preach in tongues, I want to bring my man... Thomas Kearney with me to help me out when I finish up doing my thing. He can finish up doing In his thing. In Jesus' name. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, it's, it's going down, man. It's going down. So let's get into the King James Version. And we're going to play uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, I think that we have here. I think that we have here. And we'll get into some of that. And then we're going to just break down and decipher this interaction because this chapter three starts go straight into it man the serpent and eve and let's get straight into it chapter three uh let's get into it this is chapter three verse one through seven chapter three now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said unto the woman Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? 
And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Okay, guys. Okay. So, right there, we have the, the fruit being bitten. And let's, let's dismiss one thing here, guys. Um, and this is for learners. For some of the more advanced out there, you, you probably all already know this. There's no apple. There's no apple. You know? I was under some impression that there was an apple, but there's only a fruit. Thus far, and, and let me let me give this dis- disclaimer. There are many theologians and um, guys who are well-versed in the Bible that say it's almost best to read the Bible from the back to the beginning. Because as I'm doing this, I, I know that there's things to come that legitimize or um, bring more life to some of the prophecies that we're going to have here in chapter 3. But, nonetheless, we're talking about deception and a master class of deception. And, and, and what the Lord wanted me to tell you guys is here, man, this, this message, of course, is, is to enlighten you on the happenings in chapter 3 and what got Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden. But, what would have come to more light um, since I've been doing this, what has come to more light is that the level of deception, the level of deception that um, the devil has. And I got my man calling me. Got my man's calling me. One second here. Because I might, I need to text him. One second, guys. I hate to do this. But uh, the level of deception and the master class that the devil has of deception, and that's kind of what the Lord has blessed me to uh, bring to you guys today, man. And we're going to come through those lines. Give me just a second uh, right now. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, there you have it. That's chap- That's verses 1 through 7. So, we're going to comb the lines of some of the deception. How, how the devil, the serpent, got... Adam and Eve to disobey the Lord. How'd he do it? How'd he do it, right? So, let's talk about the interaction. Now, the first thing the chapter opens with is that it says the serpent was a more subtle beast, one of the most crafty, subtle beasts of the field. Now, it does say beast. Let's keep that in mind. Uh, Beast uh, referring to cattle. So that would assume it being upright on four legs. Um, But one of the more subtle beasts. And the first thing he does, the first thing, and I want us to take note of this, because this is where I'm going to start preaching a bit. But let's just examine the very first thing that the serpent or the devil has to say to Eve. Give me just a second to get this ready for you guys. 
boom. So let's let's bring this up. This is the very first words that God lets us know that the serpent says to our knowledge. This is what he says, guys. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Now pay attention here. The serpent is the devil, and Satan's very first words in the Bible are, Did God actually say? <laughs> Did you catch it? The very first words he says to Eve is that, did God really say y'all can't eat from every tree in the garden? Now, for one, let's just understand that he know damn well that God didn't say that to them. But what I want you to focus on is, did God actually say that? Did God really say? So what I like to do here, guys, is try to bring these things home. These things, these gems we find in the Bible, I like to try to bring them home to our everyday lives. Did God really say? And I'm going to just speak for myself here because I'm sure, you know, I, I feel like I could speak for us all when, when, we, when, we, when we've all said, you know what, man, did God really say I got to go to church every Sunday? Did God really say if I cheat on my wife? My husband is going to be a real big issue for me. Did God really say I can't fornicate? Did God really say? Have you ever said to yourself, did God really say this? Because you know what? That's the first question. The master of deception, the devil, asked Eve. Did God really say that? Planting a seed. You understand? If you ever found yourself saying, did God actually say? You know, I want you to understand that that is a game of the devil. This, this is what I got for you today, guys. You know, if you ever find yourself saying, man, I know I probably shouldn't stay out late, but, you know, I, I probably shouldn't, I probably shouldn't hang out with the boys and lie to my wife. You know, th these are things that's on your heart. You have to ask yourself, if you, actually, if you ever got to ask yourself, and I never knew this, but boy, many times have I asked friends, trying to get some, some, some feel good, some, some guilt. Most of the times when you're asking this question, did God really say, you're trying to eat some guilt you have? Because it's on your heart. And the times that I've asked a friend or someone, did God actually say, man, do I got to go to church? I'm trying to just relieve some guilt. So, so that's word, man. Um, if you ever find yourself and, and, and know that question, that's one of the devil's tricks. Because as we see, this ain't this ain't on heavy-handed Jay telling you, man. That's the first words out of his mouth. And I'm preaching right in Jesus' name. He kept out a little bookshop. Let, let, let's keep digging, though, man. Let, let's keep digging. Um, so you had an interaction with presumably just Eve and the devil. And we're going to talk about that too. Because in this interaction, when he says, uh, did God actually say you can't eat of every tree in the garden? And she says, well, no, we can eat of all the trees, but we can't eat of the tree of knowledge. Uh, you know, the assumption has always been Adam's off somewhere else doing something else. Anybody ever asked, you know, 
Where's Adam? So we'll talk about that too. But right now, we're digging into the deception. And so the first thing we have is a bit of a a bit of a word game, right? Did God actually say? Knowing he didn't say that. So we fishing, right? He's fishing. Let's get into some more of these little these games that the devil will play. And uh so so we're all aware of them. Let's get into some of these games. Now pay attention here. The serpent is the devil, and Satan's very first words in the Bible are Did God actually say? This is huge. This is Satan's strategy number one in all that he does. Satan is always at work challenging God's word. And he is constantly crafting up new ways to make you wonder, did God actually say? And there's a subtle trick here, right in the very first question. Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Now wait a second. God didn't say they couldn't eat of any tree. God just said one of them was off limits. First the serpent challenges God's word, then he misquotes it. He tries to make God's good rule sound more restrictive and unreasonable than it is. Eve doesn't fall for the lie just yet. And in verse 2, she corrects the serpent. Eat the bad tree and you will die. But in verse 4, the serpent challenges that too. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. First the serpent questions God's word, then he challenges God's love. Not only is God lying to you, he's keeping something from you, something good. Satan's always trying to get us to doubt God's word, doubt God's love, and forget about consequences. In verse... Hey, now that's game. That's game. Now we learn it. But, you know, let's learn. You're going to learn today. You're going to learn today. You're going to learn today. You already know that here. Um, But that's just game. That's spitting that game. And so... Chapter 3 starts by saying the serpent was a more subtle beast of the field, okay? So the game, okay, guys, you got I'm trying to bring to life how, how the devil deceives us. It's not going to be assertive. It's not going to be apparent because note the very first thing said here is subtle. He's not coming at Eve aggressively. Matter of fact, he's not even making an assertion. He's asking questions. He's asking questions that he already knows the answers to. Now, let's dig a deeper now. So we already have the serpent, and he fishes around, and he says, no, did God say you can't eat of all the trees? Eve. Now, like I said, in chapter 2, we had nothing but love for Eve. She was great, great creation. My girl Eve, y'all, for some reason, she just go to lying. She goes to lying for no reason. She said, no, we can eat of all the trees, but of the tree of knowledge, we shall not eat, nor shall we touch. Now, God didn't ever say nothing about, about touching it. God didn't say nothing about touching it. Now, I, I find that part extremely extremely odd just odd for lack of a better word that Eve for, for, for no apparent reason is just out here putting extra just out here putting extras on the truth on, on what the Lord told her just putting extras on it man now I know everybody don't know what 
extra means. So I have the Urban Dictionary available for us. Uh, for those of you who don't know what extra means, let's get a little... Urban Dictionary defines extra as over-the-top, excessive, dramatic behavior or way too much. So, yeah. Yeah. Eve uh, would fit, fit, fit some of those. She suits that well. Um, and I found myself, I'm sure some of the fuzz out there, let me holler at my dogs. You know, you find yourself telling your wife, man, you, 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 you're a little extra right now. Something like that. Or maybe some ladies have said to yourself, you know, I'm a little extra. Sometimes I can be extra. Well, my girl Eve went out there and just put some extras on it for no apparent reason. I, I, you know, I, I haven't found the reason to that, but that's what she did. And the assumption has always been that the serpent, the devil, lied. That he lied to them. He never lied. He deceived them with the truth. You see, one thing I learned doing my research for this, and it took me a long time. Uh, I learned haste makes waste, and, and the Bible mentions haste quite often. But I also learned that things that you like. He knows how to tap into your psyche, into your psychology, into your liking. And he can take you off, off your route to where you're trying to be by taking some one of your likings that may not be of God necessarily and making it seem like it's of God. And the and, uh, the but my my Israelite brothers, the ones that's on the corner and stuff like that, man, I feel like they have a lot of great things to say. They know the word of God, uh, some of them very well. But the part where they get into hate and the, the, the whole thing with the white man, that's them being taken off course. And if you ask me, that's the devil using parts of their psychology, parts of their their makeup to take them off the course of love where we know God's spirit is. Come on. Um, taking them off the course where we know God's spirit is. So um, that, that's definitely how that, that I, I believe that's how that is. Um, my wife then came and um, gave me some, she wants to talk to me guys, uh, throwing me off track a bit, but um Definitely, definitely. So so let's get back into it. So the deception, deception, and how the devil deceives. So so let's take a deeper dive. Let's take a deeper dive because the assumption has always been that the devil lied to Adam, to Eve. But really, he deceived them with the truth. He deceived them with the truth. Um, so Let's get into that. Uh, let, let's see how the devil deceived them with the truth. I'm sorry, guys. My bad. One second. Most of us have been taught that the serpent in the garden deceived the woman by lying to her. What I will demonstrate here is that the serpent did not lie to her. In fact, he told her the complete truth. And the serpent deceived the woman 
with the truth. The serpent said, Did God say, You shall not eat of any tree of the garden? The woman says, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. The first thing to notice here is that already we have a problem. The woman has changed, for one reason or another, the words that God had given to Adam. What God said back in Genesis 2 verse 17 was, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall die. Then the serpent says, You will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Notice that the defining factor of the word God in this verse is knowing good and evil. The English word God is not an exact translation of the Hebrew word Elohim, which means one of power and authority, one who knows good and evil. When we read Genesis 3, verse 22, God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. The serpent didn't lie. Even God said they will be like one of us and provides the definition of an Elohim, knowing good and evil. The verse contains... I think I wanted to stop there. Um, because that, that's very interesting, and I think that's what we, we, we learned along the way, and we have heard that a few times in some of, some of the audio. The serpent, such a master manipulator, tells him, well, you won't die, but you'll be like, he doesn't want you to know that if you do bite the fruit, you will become like a god and know the difference in good and evil. Makes it seem like it's like God's holding something from him, like <laughs> God's hating or something, don't, don't want him to be on his level. And that's just deception, guys. It's um, We call it your mind playing tricks on you. Um, all these things here on earth, and I always try to bring it back to how we live here on earth. Um, just the things your your mind can say to you. You can be sensitive about a certain matter or feeling a way about a friend or something like that. This is this is all the that that manipulation. This is how the devil works with us, man. So we want to be on our p's and q's and um, be aware of these type of games. But he was they were deceived by the truth, by the truth, because in the end their eyes were opened. But what he didn't tell them, it would be to their detriment. He made it seem as they would become like gods, which they did. Like the guy just said, behold, the man is like us, now knowing the difference in good and evil. But little did Adam and Eve know that knowing the difference between good and evil is nothing they ever wanted. You know, they didn't know that. So, man, uh, it's a high level of deception. Um 
we're going to dig some more. We're going to dig some more. Let's, let's dig a little more. So let's get into chapter two here. Let me get into chapter two. And uh, I'm sorry. Let's get into the second part of chapter two. And this will finish off the chapter, and we'll take it from there. One second. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins, and clothed them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat, and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden, to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And there you have it. That's Adam and Eve being kicked out the garden for their disobedience. Um, so, starting in that second part of chapter 3, you have God coming into the garden. Uh, verse 7, chapter 3, verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves apron. So they knew they were naked. Okay, this is where some theory comes in, because everybody kind of has a different take, but I, I think we all get back to the same place with it. Uh, this is where shame comes into the world. This is where self-acknowledgement comes into the world. When they knew they were naked, I think that's where self-awareness came in. I, I, I go out and theorize and say, before that, man, there, there's 
we could sit around each other naked, carefree. Um, and there, there'd be no shame attached. That's a foreign thought to, to us now. But them knowing that they were naked is symbolic. Because now self-awareness and responsibility are now a part of man's life. And, uh, and that essentially is the first sin. And then also in this second part of chapter three, you have the prophecy. You basically have the prophecy of Jesus um, to come to earth and be our savior for this exact sin. So a lot to chew on here, a bit thrown off, but let's just get into chapter three. So in verse, in uh, verse eight, <laughs> what I found funny guys, and so verse eight, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees in the garden. They tried to hide from God. <laughs> and here we go again, right? I'm going to preach a little to you. I'm going to preach a little. You ever tried to hide from God? You know, I have. You know, try to stay off the radar. But it's laughable, right, for Adam and Eve to try to hide? You laugh at it, right? I, I, I mean, how you going? <laughs> <laughs> but they tried to hide. You know, now, but, but here's God, so courteous, so considerate. He says, where are you, man? Hey, where art thou? He's like, hey, um, hiding from you. We were naked. I says, who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree I told you not to? Now, Adam, God is still giving Adam a chance to be accountable. He's asking him questions. And let's bring it back to life again. Let's bring it back to life. Um, we talked about Adam trying to hide from God. And let's, God does it just like we do our children here on earth, man. That's the relation. That's the relation. Um, you don't just plow into your kid when you know they're lying. You give them a chance to see if you're going to be accountable. And I believe that's what God is doing here. God says, hey, where are you? I'm sure he could have found them. He says, uh, and God, this is God we're talking about. He already knows what's happened. So you have to ask, how about you asking these probing type questions? He says, where are you? Have, have you done what I told you not to do? He knows the answers to this already, but he wants to see if Adam is going to man up and confess. You know, but um, I'm preaching a little bit. And I In Jesus' name. And man, what's a preacher without some tones, man? My man Thomas Kearney, man. I, that's one of my favorite old school preachers, man. Make sure y'all go back Check him out on YouTube. He's he all that. Um, but yeah, God God comes in the garden. He's like, where are you, Adam? Adam and Eve, they're hiding. God being courteous, similar to what you do with your own child, and then he's just asking questions and seeing if they're gonna just fess up and if somebody's just gonna maybe just tell the truth. Maybe it'll be, I'll I'll be easy on you. Maybe who knows? But he calls to Adam. Uh, Adam says, hey, we're hiding. That's a crazy thought. 
And then um, he says, have you, have you ate of the food I told you not to eat? And here's what my man Adam starts to do. Adam says, the woman you gave me, she ate thereof and I ate thereof. You know? Now, Adam almost, <laughs> what I find funny is like he almost blames God. Like, you know, it's the woman you gave me. You know, I didn't necessarily ask for it because if we go back, you know, God, I don't, Adam never asked for it. I don't think he knew to ask for it. But God, on more than one occasion in chapters one and two, said that he seen it was not good for Adam to be alone. And he blessed them with a, with help, with a help me. And, um, but Adam, Adam says, look, man, uh, you know, the woman you blessed me with, the, the woman you gave with me, she ate and I ate. God says, Eve, what have you done? What's going on? Eve says, the serpent, he tricked me, he beguiled me. And then God says, you know, serpent, for this, you will crawl, crawl upon your belly and eat dust. And I'm paraphrasing, guys, I'm paraphrasing. Um, now let's talk about that. So you wouldn't necessarily curse. And we're talking about, now we're talking about curses, guys. And so I, I do want you to understand what a curse is. It's, it's a real, it's an actual thing that is prolonged and real. So it says to the serpent, you'll crawl upon your belly and eat dust. Now, we learned in the, the opening sentence of chapter three that the serpent is considered uh, one of the more subtle beasts of the field, uh, cattle. That said, you would assume he's upright on legs. So, you, of course, you wouldn't curse something, a snake with crawling on its belly, if that's what it do, does already. But, um, you know, please look into that, man. I, I really couldn't get any deeper. But nonetheless, it says to him, and you will eat dust for all of your days. Now, I think that's metaphorical, guys. I don't think eating dust means literally eating dirt dust. I mean, I think it's, and like we always say here on the heavy handed, I mean, here on the uh, page one, God makes this stuff really relative for us more than we assume. Um, if I were to say, man, eat dust, that's a metaphorical phrase for, you know, I'm going to pass you up. You're going to get left behind or, you know, um, you're going to lose, you know, you're, you're a loser, you know, eat dust means most times it's used means that you lost, you're, you're, you lose. And so I, I theorize that that's what God is saying in that sense. Um, but us as humans, we all have just an adverse feeling towards snakes, right? I mean, we kind of are, Enamored by lions uh, There's plenty of animals that can kill us That don't stop us from wanting to get with them Snakes You know we, we just don't feel the same about now do we And so that's the curse of the serpent He also tells the serpent Her seed your will, Her seed Foot will be bruised by the head Of your seed And you will place enmity which is hate between them. That's um, that's good and evil. That's good and evil. 
This is me. Um, but this is God's promise that victory will be had. The promise of the Savior, Jesus Christ, coming and having victory with your head bruising the foot of her seed. And this is God's promise and curse to the serpent, the devil. Uh, he then curses Eve and says, uh, because of this, you will, your pain will multiply. You will suffer pain through childbirth. And one of the most interesting ones is that you will be, your, your husband will have rule over you. Now, if you take a little look into that, Eve's intention, her, her God wanting her to be, to come to fruition was for Adam to help. It's called a help me, um, a companion. But obviously, it was not for Adam to rule over her because, again, that wouldn't be the curse, right? So you'd have to ask, what should the relationship have been? What would it be a relationship between man and woman intended to be? We know what it is today. I wouldn't, um, I don't think any man would say he rules over his wife. Um, but, you know, yeah, that is the curse of woman. And, and the one that I was most interested in is the curse of man. The curse of man. Um, and, and this is one, me being a man, maybe I'm a more uh, adhering to it because I'm a man. Um, but I just feel like, and, I'm, and I'm, let me speak to my fellas out there. I'm sure I'm not the only man that feels like, man, my life is just, I'm sure a lot of the fellas out there with their wives, every now and again, you guys will get into it over, you know, who's carrying the heaviest load between the two of you? Wife feels like she's doing all the work because she comes home and cooks and she cleans more than you. I believe my man Arnisha and, and Juan talked about this on one of their shows uh, because she cooks and she cleans more often and, and his load more has to do with cultivation of the family and making sure the family's progressing and moving in the right way. And, and those loads, those two different loads that man and woman carry. Um, myself being a man, I could definitely say that I find my life to be uncomfortable and to only be 38 years old and to know that I have another 30 years of going to work every day ahead of me is very gives me a if if I, if I don't compartmentalize this properly it gives me a dismal existence seriously man to know like damn I'm going to work until I just about can't walk no more whichever one hits first you know you know all of my good days will be spent working and so that is the curse of man you know work was intended to be pleasure, to have intention. But Adam's curse, and, and fellas, let, let's talk about this too. God said, because you listen to your wife. Now, Adam, now we learned in Timothy that Adam was not deceived. Adam wasn't deceived. The serpent didn't deceive Adam. And let, let's get into Adam and the serpent and the Eve interaction. And I'm bouncing around here. But we're led to believe that Adam was nowhere around. And look, 
Whether Adam was there or not is beside the point. Reason being is because Adam bit that apple too. And Eve, she got tricked into it. But in Timothy, we learned that Adam was not deceived. Adam was not deceived. Rather, Adam took side with his wife and disobeyed God, knowing what he was doing. So I think it's safe to say that Eve has been scapegoated all this time. Adam kind of gets none of the blame for the happenings. But again, my, my brothers, fellas out there, I know we're inclined to listen to our wives. We're also inclined to make them happy. Sometimes if God has told you something, and hopefully you can distinguish when that's being said to you, you better listen to it. Because God definitely made it a point to tell Adam, because you listened to your wife and you disobeyed, here's what I got for you, sir. You're going to work. And let's get some of the exact words. Let me go to the OKGV here. And I'm in there. Ah, So let me get to Adam here. One second. And unto Adam, verse 17, and unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I have commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Cursed is the ground. So basically, the ground that God let him made Adam to till, to work, in leisure, in seeming pleasure, that ground is now cursed. That ground is now cursed, guys. And now, now let's get to the meat of this baby. 18. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Thorns and, and thistles should this cursed ground that you are sent to work on bring to you. <laughs> Bringing it home now, guys, you seeing what I'm doing here? Work is hard. And guess what? Thorns and thistles shall it bring to you. Guess what? That's going to hurt. You know what we say in church? We going to stay in faith because we know them, them, them tough patches is coming. We know they're coming, don't we? Thorns and thistles. Cursed be the ground. So let me, let me get a little, um, I got some audio for it. Bring a little more relevance to it than I can do. Um, this is Adam's curse, and this will bring a little more light to that, man. Um, I've always wondered, I, I thought to myself here on earth, I said, damn, is this really the life? You know, I got to work till I'm an old man every single day. Five and two? How come you can't work two days a week and be all five? Who made that? <laughs> it ain't by coincidence, man. It's all right here in chapter three. But let's get a little bit of insight on, on this life, on this life we live, uh, especially us as men. Then partway through verse 17, Adam receives his curse. Cursed is the ground because of you. 
In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. So the ground was cursed, specifically the ground where Adam went to work growing his food. Work was given as a blessing, a source of meaning and purpose. After sin, however, work is hard. From thorns and thistles to paper jams and computer viruses, whether you work the field or work the cubicle, work is bound to frustration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've thought to myself for many years, thinking like, damn, I'm tired already. I feel like I should be retiring by now. I'm 38. I've been working 20 years already. Um, no. And uh, well, to me, that, that that's some clarification to why um, that's the curse of man. Uh, the chapter, man, um, you know, Adam and Eve, they eventually, they get kicked out. God wraps them up, says, hey, let me, let me, let me get, I'm not going to paraphrase it. I'm not going to paraphrase. Let's go back. Let's go in. We're going in. Okay, 19. And this is him still hollering at Adam. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thy return unto the ground, for out it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and his wife did the Lord God make them coats of skin and clothe them. So what's not said here is you probably, um, I'm pretty certain that you have the first sacrifice. You can't get coats of skin without an animal dying. So you have the first sacrifice um, there. Um, And the Lord God said, behold, the man has become one of us. To know good and evil. And now, least he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat, and live forever. Forever. So, that that's the part right there that I'm going to come back on, guys. Now, they were allowed to eat up the tree of life, man. I didn't give you no facts about that. Now, there was two trees, the tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, uh, they were now, once the sin was committed, they were now allowed to eat up the tree of life. One second. Uh, pass it up. So let me get back to this. Verse 23, therefore the Lord sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubim. And a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And that was Adam and Eve being kicked out of the garden. They gone. And um that's where we've been getting, man. Uh one thing I wanna talk about before I close this thing up, man, um this life we live. And we talked about the work. We talk about that that it that it comes with frustration, right? It comes in frustration. I, I believe. Um, let me see. I believe I had this ready for you guys. I think I have something. Well, I don't have it. 
of we're talking about just like being frustrated. And um in Romans, ah, I didn't have it up. I know it's in Romans and I wanted to give you that the exact word. But God speaks to placing frustration upon the world. And and I, I theorize that these thorns, these thistles, and this frustrating life, um with struggle, strife, and pain and heartache all throughout it. I mean, we have tons to expect. You know, we have, if you're my age and your parents are still alive, you have that day to look forward to, them dying. Tons of days that are going to be painful. You know, just around the corner, something's going to kind of go wrong at the job. It's going to stress you out. And um, this life is just filled, the, the road, the ground is filled with thorns, thistles, and frustrations. Um, I believe God made it that way. So that we'll always long to be with him again. We'll always long to be in his presence again. We'll always want. And if you're anything like me, you know this place. Man, I, I know him, and I've heard my, my partner say it, my brother say it on numerous occasions. I've said it to myself on numerous occasions. This place ain't for me. This earth ain't for me. It's too treacherous. People willing to do things I'm not willing to do. And I believe that God makes it like that. So you'll always long for, for that thing that we once had to be back in his presence where we can once again walk with him. And that day will come. We will see that real life again. That's real life pop back up, pops back up in revelation. And, um, we will be in his warm embrace once again, man, and not have to feel like right around the corner something bad's going to happen. The car's going to break down. I'm going to lose a job. Wife's going to lose a job. The kid's going to get a bad grade at school. A family member's going to die. Something's going to happen, right? That's the life we live, and that wasn't intended. It wasn't intended, but it is what it is. Um, and that will conclude, guys. Uh, I want to thank everyone who's going going to listen. Hopefully you can apply these things to your life. Um, I will definitely keep in mind um, some of these, the, the, the exceptions that the devil has for us, guys. Um, if you ever find yourself saying, did God really say? Well, that might be the devil talking to you, trying to talk you out of something. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it, my friend. And um, until the next time, page one Bible study. I'm your man, Heavy Handed Jay. Thank you for joining. God bless. Until the next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. 
just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh. 